We the only thing to talk about How you keep reality in check Just keep it real rap And don't gossip with the facts Yeah Yes sir This is the gray area And I am your host Ray Jarvis Showtime Woo For chapter 30 of the gray area A momentous occasion 30 You know as we move along We had the year long episode 20 Now we at 30 the growth of this book, this novel of the gray area that I write is ever expanding. And with football season rolling along, a year ago, you know, I kind of ignored the sport for obvious reasons, you know, but I said, you know what, I'm going to come back to the sport. I'm going to put that time in and I'm going to talk about things the only way I know how to talk about things. So for chapter 30, NFL 2018, parties, protests, and politics, I wanted to bring my homie from the Midwest to finally make his entry into the gray area. So the homie, Jay Yodin, my boy, what it is. Welcome to the gray area. It's good to my guy. Appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? I I told you I was going to get you on here. You're well-spoken. Your podcast is elite. Out the gate, rookie of the year. You know, I had to plug that for you. Appreciate that. Appreciate What's good that. with you, man? How's everything? Oh, man, bro. Everything is good, man. Blessed. Sitting here with a big baller t-shirt on. I'm <laughs> Triple area. B's. I'm in a great <laughs> area. I'm a little ashy right now, so I guess that's great. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm living, bro. I'm blessed, man. Blessed. Just sit back living. So question for you. Let's get right into it. You know, how ready are you for this NFL season? How ready? Uh, I'm not really ready, bro. Honestly, like, overall i'm like i'm just chilling man it's just it's it's for me personally football season just it, it shows me that the winter's coming <laughs> that's that's what it is now it's like damn summer's <laughs> over here come the snow here come all the all the bs the right. people putting the chairs outside trying to reserve parking spots uh-huh. that's, <laughs> that's what it is, you know what I mean? but i mean i got a couple fantasy football drafts this weekend mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know i'll Likewise. probably get it yeah, get into the, the the football spirits this weekend. Well, you know, I'm in some drafts. I'm all about taking people's money. You know, shout out to those who listen to the show who are in that league. I'm going to take your money again. I'm just putting it out there from the rip. Facts. Uh, I'm excited for the season. You know, I'm trying my best this year to just focus on the purity of the sport. You know, there's, there's people out there who, you know, the off-field stuff is turning them away they don't want they, they they fake not watching it or they really not watching it or they really not supporting it. But beyond everything else outside of the sport of football, I'm trying to turn that off now. I just want on-field action. I'm not even gonna. I think for the most part, if if, if it's not like sports newsworthy, I'm not even gonna read articles or watch clips. If it's not about the game, anything that's not involving the game, I'm ignoring it this year. Facts. You know, I just want to see the sport. That's it. I can't be mad at that. I mean, the last couple of seasons has been been all about the extra stuff, the, the, the protest, right. and the CTE, and Tom Brady. It's, it's, it's like, man, like let's let's talk about some other cats. Please, about other things. Fact. please. Yeah. What about the game? 
The gray area, if nothing else, if y'all follow the show, y'all know me. I am all about the game, the on-field, on-court action. That's all I want, and we could break that down. There's so much information that we could talk about, debate about, argue about, disagree about, just based on what's happening on these fields of play. Why do I need to politicize? If I want to politicize, I'm going to go watch C-SPAN or MSNBC or something like that. I just want some sports. (laughs) You know what I mean? But In yo, the words of you, facts. You already know. Um, Odell got paid. How do you feel about that contract? Point blank, period. You know, you were a little salty about LeBron when he came to L.A., so I know you have a lot of opinions when it comes to new deals for these players. So how do you feel about Odell being the highest paid receiver well, in the league? One thing about it, I'm always an advocate of players getting paid. Get your money. Yeah, get the paper. You know what I mean? And that's, that's why I tell people, man, back in school, elementary school, before you took a test, the, the teacher always told you keep your eyes on your own paper. Yep. So that's that's where I stay. I keep my eyes on my own paper. But as far as these players, man, they out there, they're getting paid, man. People, people want to, you know, say like, oh, they shouldn't get this, they shouldn't get that. Right. But they, they put their bodies on the line for your entertainment. True. The Coliseum. They, people don't understand that. That's why, like, when they go to UFC fights, they go to boxing fights. You hear people going like, dude. Like these people are putting their life, their lives on the line for your entertainment. Literally, like they can die out here. They can lose yeah. a limb. They cannot be able to walk. Eyes, ears, literally everything is on the line when they do Man. these physical acts of play. But beyond that, the on-field Odell getting this contract. Do you like it for the Giants? Do you think now he's gonna get back in the flow of being arguably the best receiver in the game? And do you think he's the best receiver in the game? In my opinion, he's not the best receiver. He's okay. in the top three. He's okay. in the top three. I'm, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins every day of the week. Wow. Come on, oh, yeah, son. bro. The man has, except for these like, four games that he had with um, Deshaun Watson last year, mm-hmm. he has never had a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He still puts up numbers. You know what? So, I'm not mad at your opinion, bro, but I disagree. I think o- I think Odell is the best. I think he's the best in the game. He was the best walking in the door, and he's only gotten better. My issue with him now is just going to be coming off that ankle. Is he still Odell Beckham Jr., or is he like the CBS brand generic wide receiver now? I need to see it. We haven't seen it in there. We haven't seen it in the preseason at all. I need to know, are you still Odell Beckham Jr., or are you generic brand wide receiver? And if he's Odell Beckham Jr., He's the best in the game, bro. As I, I, I like the Hopkins pick because you're 100% right. He's rarely had a quarterback, and he puts it in. He gets busy. He had his viral clip with D'Angelo Hall. But give me Odell 10 times out of 10. I mean, I I, I got to accept it. I got to respect it. But, I mean, everybody at the receiver. Some people going to say Antonio Brown. True. Some people going to say uh, Michael Thomas up with the Saints. Julio Some people Jones. Some say Mike Evans, Julio. I'm not a Julio guy, I but I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but overall, I'm glad the man got paid. I mean, I'm a Raiders fan, so hopefully, hopefully, Bruton pay attention. You know what? Get my man Mac paid. I like that. I'm a Giants fan. I bleed blue, right? But I have an affinity for the Raiders. I love, I love the lore of the Raiders. You know what I mean? Like, like the '70s and the '60s. In the early 80s, the NFL film videos, the Raiders, like that. The the lore of the Raiders is something that I always had a lot of love for. Like when I played Madden, you know, when I was really like a Madden head and I would play franchise mode, I would never pick the Giants, I would pick the Raiders. You know what I mean? Like I, I like the lore. I'm not like a fan. Like you can't do actually Raiders history, but I, I, I appreciate what what it meant to old time NFL. Right, for sure. For sure. They they got like that the the Steelers, mm-hmm. the 
the Packers, the Bears, you know, all those all those big time teams who made football what they up what it is. It's like like basketball with the Bulls, the right. Knicks, the right. Celtics, the Lakers. Yeah, the, who? The, the Knicks, please. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Here we go. Here we go. Don't say that team name. What history do the Knicks have? Their two championships when we were sperm cells? Get out of here. Like, the, the Knicks don't count. <laughs> Willis, Willis Reed came out the tunnel. Word. Damn near left his knee on the court. Shout out to Willis Reed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. So, on-field action. Parties. You know, is there a team that the homie Jay Oden has his eye on this upcoming season? I'm not saying you should prognosticate, but is there a team that you're looking at and you're saying, like, you know what, I think they're going to be good this year? Man, it's, it's a team, man. And I, I kind of I don't say this every year, but mm-hmm. it's two teams. I like Detroit Lions, man. Ooh, I like that. I, I like Stafford. You know, uh, they got the receivers over there. You got my man Darius Slay at corner. Mm-hmm. And I also, mm-hmm. if Deshaun Watson is healthy, give me Houston. If everybody's healthy, him, J.J. Watt, you know what I'm saying, uh, Foreman, they got some players over there, man. If everybody's healthy, give me Houston. You know what? I'll, you know what? That Houston pick is very interesting because although Andrew Luck is supposedly healthy or he's working his way back towards being healthy, the AFC South is wide open. You put a few good weeks together, you could take that division and you consider the high-end talent of Houston with Deshaun Watson, with DeAndre Hopkins, with J.J. Watt. They have they have high-end talent over there who can probably put some wins together if they stay healthy, as you said. But, you know, you know I- I'm surprised by that pick, man. I-, I like how you set the tone with that Houston pick. Is-, is it your love for D-Hop, or do you really see something happening with them? Man, if you go off, like, their top five, top seven players, mm-hmm. they arguably at probably five five to seven of the top 50 players in the league. You know what? I mean, they, they stats. You know what? Health. Pray for health, Houston. To Detroit. To me, Detroit, even with Megatron, without Megatron, I love Matt Stafford, you know? Yes. The NFL's a quarterback's league. It is what it is. You know, we gonna get into that a little bit later, but if you have the quarterback in place, I know Jalen Ramsey kind of fronted on him in the media, but Stafford is valid to me. I like him going back to his Georgia days. I think Detroit is due. And, and and Green Bay, to me, on paper at least, although they have the best quarterback not named Tom Brady, they took a step back on paper. So if Detroit's going to do anything and finally catch Green Bay lacking with a healthy A-Rod, it will be this year. They had a pretty decent year last year. They have some decent skill level. To me, they don't have the, the, the breakout wide receiver, but they have a couple of guys who are like really good possession receivers. They have a running back who can catch out of the backfield, who can kind of sort of run between the tackles. If they're going to catch Green Bay any year, and especially Minnesota with that juggernaut, it's going to be this year. Oh, yeah. They got Matt Patricia from um, from New England. Mm-hmm. Um, now, back to circle back around to what you were saying about Jalen Ramsey. Somebody, yep. I know he tried to front on him. Somebody came out and was like, yeah, y'all took that L and you was on the sideline crying. Uh, <laughs> and that was the game. Like, they showed the clip and everything. Him on the sideline crying and snotting. So... So he got he got to cool out a little the bit. The problem with Jalen Ramsey is he his demeanor doesn't lend himself lend itself to trash talk because we we can already call you a couple of things that 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 are you know undercut all this swagger bravado you got. But carry on, Jo. Oh no, you right on. I mean, forever when you think of Jalen Ramsey, you definitely gonna think about that clip with Steve Smith. Oh yeah. Oh in yeah. Locker room sassy. Awful sassy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight suspect fun boy. 
But I mean, that's that's what it is. But overall, man, I really dig Detroit, man. I, I think they're gonna do things. In, I, we probably in a minority, mm-hmm. not not just in life, but uh, <laughs> riding the Matthew Stafford uh, uh, bandwagon. You know, like Matt Patricia, it, it, it intrigues me because as we've seen in the past, the Patriots coaching tree doesn't do much once they leave that 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 Belichick umbrella. Being that Patricia is a, a defensive guy, you know, and I think he spent like the most time under BB. He might have something. I, I always digged his style, the beard with the pencil in the air, being like the defensive mastermind next to Belichick. I'd like to see him do well. I think he has the ability to, but I'm a I'm gonna be kinda I'm gonna be a cliche here and just say that because he comes from that coaching tree and the history of those coaches not surviving, I'm gonna say the jury's out on Matt Patricia right now. Am I fair in saying that? You can look at it two ways. You can look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But you gotta he hasn't been a head coach on his own. True. He get to, you know, do his own thing, call his own shots. So I mean, overall, I think he's gonna be successful. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think it's a ten, a ten and six season. But shit for Detroit, I don't know if I can curse, but for Detroit, that's big. <laughs> well, it's too late now, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, a little gray area there. Yeah, yeah, true indeed. Uh, for me, a team that I have my eye on. They, they're on hard knocks. They seem to have upgraded talent. I think Cleveland's going to surprise some people. Not not necessarily, like, win 10 games. I think they can squeeze out about seven wins, and in those nine losses, about four or five of them would be really competitive games. I like, I like the fact that they have real pro players on that team, not just some dudes where you got to look at, like, the media guy and say, yo, who's this guy? Who, who, who's playing D-tackle? They have real NFL talent over there. I like the intensity that they're playing with. And selfishly, because, you know, I'm an upfront guy. I love Baker Mayfield. I told people off the record that before, even before the draft, I thought Baker was the best quarterback in the draft coming out. Not thinking he would go one because of his size. And then lo and behold, he went number one. So obviously Cleveland sees what Job sees. Big Baker's that guy. Like, I, in terms of what you want from the quarterback position in the NFL, the only thing he doesn't have is that 6'4", six, 6'5", six, frame. But as far as ball placement, arm strength, good feet, ability to be accurate, Jesus, Baker Mayfield is that guy to me, bro. I, I wasn't the biggest Baker Mayfield fan because mm-hmm. you know when they got Tyrod, I'm amped. I want to see Tyrod succeed. Facts. You know what I mean? So for for me, Baker Mayfield, I, I mean, I'm growing. He's growing on me. Bro. Okay, I like that. He's I like that. Growing on me. Pause. I mean, oh, oh, you double balls. <laughs> double double balls. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. But, uh, no, I, I mean, with the Browns, man, I think everybody's on that bandwagon right now. Everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. with them being on hard knocks, with them just, you know what I'm saying, getting, those, like you said, those those legit players. Yep. It, it, I don't know a soul who don't want to see Josh Gordon do his thing this year. So, you know, you want to see Josh Gordon. Jarvis Landry is showing that he's, he's a top seven, top eight wide receiver. Listen, so it's, it's if, about if, to go down. If, if Jarvis Landry... And Josh Gordon can get on the field and stay on the field together. Oh my goodness. That makes any quarterback's job easy because now you have the intermediate threat and you have the field stretcher. And really, when Gordon wasn't getting in trouble, he was the guy who was in that best receiver in the league discussion. Oh, yeah. 
and you can't forget. Don't forget the sleeper, my man, David Njoku, yep. the tight end. He's a beast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, Facts. they on, on paper, man, they they deadly, but that division. True. That's why I said seven wins. You know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I want to, like you said, the allure. Like, you yeah. want to see the Cleveland Browns succeed. I, I mean, everybody, unless you rep in Cincinnati or Baltimore or who am I forgetting? Uh, who am I forgetting? Pittsburgh. Who's in that division? Pittsburgh, yeah. If you if you rep in one of those teams, you really don't want to see the Browns do, you know, do anything. True. But if you, outside of those cities, you want to see them ball out. Another reason why I'm kind of high on them this year, they're D coordinator. Greg Williams. Everywhere he goes, even when when he was with the Saints, who could never play a lick of defense, everywhere <laughs> he goes, he changes the tenacity, the intensity, the testosterone level of his defense. And, and they play with a lot more fire, sometimes dirty, bounty gate, but it is what it is. Greg Williams knows how to coach defense. He knows how to coach guys up. He knows how to have guys in the right place to be as successful as possible. And his track record speaks for himself. Everywhere he has gone, the defense has improved. And I, oh, to me, oh no. to me, any team that's trying to win in the NFL and turn the corner, it's not. It, it starts with defense, in my opinion. I'm an offensive guy. I'm gonna keep it a stack. But as far as turning turning around a losing culture, it starts with the defense. The defense sets the identity, and then the offense feeds off of that. And I expect that Greg Williams' defense is gonna be the reason why they'll get about seven-ish wins this season, in my opinion. Well, he's already in a doghouse, no pun intended. Yes, sir. But uh, with him, with those comments about Denzel Ward, mm-hmm. he's stupid Facts. tackling. So I mean. <laughs> I mean, if, listen, Hard Knocks helped Hugh Jackson out a lot because I think everybody started to sympathize with Hugh after he lost his mother and right. he lost his brother. Right. So, I mean, if it wasn't for that, everybody would be like, man, Hugh, shut your ass up. I'm going to keep it 100. Oh, I'm not I'm not really feeling Hugh. Like, I, I, if I was a football nah. player, I, I don't know if I could play for this this guy. Like, he, I, I don't know. He's a glorified quarterback coach. Right. You know, That's and I want to see a brother. Coach. I want to see a brother in the NFL be a head guy. But I want a Mike Tomlin brother as my head coach, more so than the Browns head coach. No shade, no shade. No, but it's, it's few and far between. I mean, if you look at it, it's like, you know, Mike Tomlin. Right. But then you look at all the other brothers that have been uh, head coaches. You got, like, old-ass Romeo Cornell. Facts. <laughs> you got you got Lovey Smith. I Fact. mean, it's been, it's been some, some straight cornballs. I mean, Andrew Lane in San Diego. But, I mean, it ain't been like that, that brother that's like, dang, I got nothing but respect for this dude. He's classy. He keep it a buck. I mean, it's none of that. I mean, you get, like I said, you get fat Romeo Cornell. Yeah. Dennis Green was great. Yeah, true. <laughs> but true. It hasn't, it hasn't been too many of They are guys. who we thought they were. I yeah, like I like I like the the Broncos head guy too Vance Joseph he he gives off that Mike Tomlin kind of vibe that 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 real he'll get in your face and coach you up head coach type of feel I like yeah, I like the they, fact that go ahead they were talking about firing him after the season listen he's in Denver it's, it's it come on <laughs> come on that's true that's true we gonna, leave, true. We gonna okay. leave it right there <laughs> say no more say no more to the rookie quarterbacks you see how I segue there talking about Baker Mayfield. Is uh, of this rookie class, is there one quarterback you're buying, and also is there a quarterback you're selling? Let's start with the buying first. Who is Jo buying at, as a rookie quarterback coming into this league? Oh man, I'm a USC guy. Let's get it. Fact. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's my okay. guy. I mean, USC to my core. So I want to see Sam Darnold succeed. I mean, I, I, I said this on another podcast that's coming soon. That as long as they put some weapons around him, mm-hmm. he's gonna be good. 
but the thing is, the Jets don't got no weapons. I mean, they got Robbie Anderson. We don't know what he's about. Yeah, we don't know what he's about. Running backs are trash. But, I mean, as long as they get some weapons around him, an offensive line, Sam Donald's going to fall out. You know what? I don't understand what why there was so much hate on, like, Sam Darnold, Chosen Rosen coming into this draft. I'm like, oh, are we serious here? Both of these guys are clearly talented. Like, why are we even concerned about the rookie quarterback draft when it comes to those Pac-12 players? It was almost like someone was trying to, like, sabotage the quarterback draft coming in the door. Like, you're telling me about Josh Allen, but we worried about Darnold and Rosen? Those dudes balled out as freshmen. One was a red shirt. One was a true freshman out in the Pac-12. So I don't understand what, what the question, what, what the question's about. I'm legitimately confused by that. Yeah, and then everybody talking about Josh Allen because he got a strong arm. Mm-hmm. He played in Wyoming. He should thank oh. Carson Wentz for his draft position. Period. Oh, no doubt about Facts. it. And that's the thing, though. You you thank Carson Wentz for that, but then you you look at the USC quarterbacks and you look at the UCLA quarterbacks in the past, and these guys are, are, are being they, they're paying for their misfortunes right right you see that you see that big word i just threw in there oh knock it off bro <laughs> that's that's the bizarre uh, big word i've been practicing every morning at 7 15 oh a.m i get God. a word of the day a big word i've been texting it to him i'm about to dumb it down on the gray area i'm not gonna be roasting <laughs> me about my vocab out here Man, he out here with the big words but no 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 but you look at like when usc you got a uh Mark Sanchez, a Matt Liner, mm-hmm. you know, so Carson Palmer had mediocre success right. in the early 2000s. Then you got UCLA with Cade McNown and, and, and a couple other, like Marcus Tuiasasopo and a couple other, his brothers or whatever. I mean, they had some... Uh, yeah, some duds. Uh, like tech, yeah, I mean, that's why they call Boots LA. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so, you know, I think, I think Sam Darnold is that guy. Okay. I agree. I agree. Who are you selling? Who am I selling, man? <sighs> I'm selling Lamar Jackson, bro. Okay. Uh, and I, it, it, it's not because he's a bad player. I'm selling it because Harbaugh is on the hot seat. Right. Baltimore ain't really had a legit number one receiver, and I don't even remember when. It's always been about the defense. So I just don't I don't see them like ever getting that go-to receiver. I think right. the coaching staff is going. They're going to be going after this year, probably next year. They're going to bring in some bozo who's going to ruin them. <laughs> so that's just that's why I'm selling uh, Lamar Jackson, not because he can't play. He's he's cold. He's a beast. But it's like everybody's going to want to compare him to Michael Vick and do the Michael Vick type things. Cliche but stuff. What, yeah, and if they, you go back and look, like Michael Vick never even had a legit receiver. He was throwing a fat ass Algie Crumpler. Imagine that he he got that that tight end paid at least one time in his career, man. man Facts, Algie Crumpler. I have not yeah. heard that name in years. You just took me back, Jesus. Took you back like my hairline. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he had Deshaun Jackson in Philly with the Dream Team, allegedly. You know, we got to be fair. He had D-Jax. He, he had Shady McCoy. Come on now. I mean, but that's like, when you think of like Vic, Vic, you think of like Atlanta Vic. True, true. Like, I don't, I don't like, I got the Vic. Um, we not thinking about Ron Mexico fresh out of jail. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, ain't of, I ain't thinking about that Vic. I mean, even though that was the best, probably one of the best passing Vicks that we've seen. True. And let me let me clear this up. In, in the Midwest, when we call somebody a Vic, we kind of call them like a clown. So I'm yeah. not saying that kind of Vic for all my Midwest homies that may listen to this. 
I'm called like Michael Vick is who we talking about. Copy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I mean, when you think about Michael Vick, you think about Atlanta Michael Vick, like the Michael Vick experience on the mm-hmm. Nike commercials, the headbands, the the cheat code in Madden 04. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, so Jar, who are you buying and selling? Well, you already know who I'm buying. I, I I put all my chips to the table on Big Bake, so I'm not gonna waste the listeners' time regurgitating that. Baker Mayfield is my guy. Um, I'm also selling Lamar Jackson. Just so everyone know, we didn't premeditate this. This is a surprise to me. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking Lamar Jackson merely because I feel as though the media tried to do that sleight of hand where they build a player up just to tell you when he turns pro that he's not that good. And I and I saw this coming when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I'm selling him because he came from a pro-style offense-ish in Louisville. He just needs reps at the pro level. Everyone is putting all the spotlight in the preseason on him when we all know he's not ready. I'm selling him because he's not ready. Do I think he can be good in the league with some film study, you know, learning route trees at the NFL level, learning, learning a progression, how to read defenses at the pro level, learning how to, like, in terms of like the levels of coverage, the, the short, the intermediate, the deep route, how, how, how to do like side adjustments and things of that nature. He needs time, you know? But Why are we putting that? You're right. But when you get drafted in the first round, that, that buys you some time, especially when you have a Joe Flacco in front of you. So the media, they're pumping this guy up like he was, gonna, like he was ever going to take Joe Flacco's job. Everyone with two eyes in their head knew that Lamar Jackson coming into the league was going to be slightly a project. That's why he fell to, I believe, it was 24th in the draft. We knew he wasn't ready. You know what I mean? So let, let's, let's pump the brakes on trying to call him a bust or trying to kill him when he wasn't ready in the first place. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but that's like, like, like I said... It's all about if somebody's gonna really be patient with them. Right. I mean, these coaches now, man, it's not like back in the day where coaches, you know, they gonna be there five, six, seven years. These dudes got a year, two years tops to really to do something. And with Lamar, man, I, I just Harbaugh ain't gonna be there. And let's not act like Harbaugh some offensive genius. Either. Not at all. This dude was a special teams coach. He was teaching, coaching up punters and kickers and kick returners and shit like that. Well, but I mean, <laughs> you're right. I mean, <laughs> not, not, nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're making your money in the league and at least at $400,000, that's the league minimum. But I mean, he's not like no, no offensive coach like Bobby Petrino. Right. He's, not, he's not one of well, those, those Lamar guys. Lamar Jackson might have actually benefited from John's brother, Jim. I think he could have definitely got the best out of Lamar walking in the door. But oh, I just sure. think he just needs to study the, the NFL game. He doesn't I don't even think it matters necessarily about the coach. He just needs to to see the field, take a year off, study what's happening, see how defenses rotate, see how fast the game is at the pro level, do your film study, do X amount of homework. Like I'm talking about like extreme amount of homework. And then maybe next year he could start. I just don't want people trying to kill him and trying to front like he was like he was a flash in the pan college player. When in reality, we knew he needed time. He's 6'3", he can run, he can throw, he just needs to learn the pro game. That's all. I'm going to shift over to another top piece of this draft. Saquon Barkley, I'm going to be 100 with you. On paper, I like the pick. It's cool. Offensively, it's cool. Odell, Saquon, giving Eli every chance to, uh, to succeed on the way out the door. But if you're asking me how I really feel about it, I didn't love the pick. I don't I don't like taking Barkley at, with the second round pick. I mean, with the second pick in the first round. I believe that with Eli on his last legs, we should have drafted a quarterback. We had a, a boatload of quarterbacks to choose from in the first round, in the top 10, and we took a running back. Now, 
I, I know I've facetiously been saying it, but I'm so serious. Eli better play till he's 45 because Davis Webb ain't it. Lauletta ain't it. And you took a running back. What does the future of the Giants look like? A, a great weapons with no quarterback in five years? What's up, son? Talk me off the ledge here because I'm not really digging the pick. I'm, I'm, I'm actually with you. I'm about to stand on that ledge with you. Pull up then. I mean, I mean, bro, like, not even not even just that, bro. They offensive line has been shaky, shaky. for a long time. Facts. Like, I mean, I know they got a, a big Will Hernandez in the second round. Big pickup. Mm-hmm. If you running the ball a lot. I mean, but as far as pass blocking, like you just said, he ain't it. But, I mean, overall, if I was them, I would have took Sam Darnold. Yes. Or even Facts. Sam Darnold was perfect for them. Second round, you could have came back, swung around, got your running back. Nick Chubb or yeah. whoever that may have Facts. been. I mean, but for the Giants, I mean, it's New York, bro. You got to go Darnold with that big name. What has the same, a similar disposition to Eli, that soft-spoken quarterback who won't let the bright lights of New York City get him out of his character. Even if they would have taken Rosen, who's who's probably the best pure passer in this draft, I'd have been cool with that. And to my homeboy Esco, who listens to the show, Esco, I'm not saying I don't like Barkley before you curse me out after you hear this episode. <laughs> Listen, I love Barkley. He can play. I'm more concerned about the future of the Giants organization when we sit back, right, me, me and you, Esco, and we say, boy, we really can't be stopped. If only we had a quarterback and we ended up like the Vikings in like 98 or 99 with Jeff George throwing the ball around because they didn't have a real quarterback until Culpepper pulled up. That's all I'm saying. So what would, if, if, if you were picking, if you was the GM, mm-hmm. the number two pick, the New York Giants, Ray Jarvis, the GM, is picking... Sam Darnold, no hesitation. Oh, there we go. We on the same boat. And if Baker Mayfield would have fell the two and Darnold went one, Baker Mayfield... That's who I wanted for the Giants was Baker. Because I felt like, to me, in the NFC East, if you look at all the other quarterbacks, they're all somewhat mobile. They, 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 They have good feet. They know how to move around in the pocket, extend plays, and create plays. We are the only one in our division with a statue at the quarterback position. We need to modernize the position. Even Sam Darnold could move around. You know, you, I, I can't. Eli has cinder block for feet. We have a poor, we have a, you know, I'm not going to say that it's a poor O-line, but they're not good. They're mediocre now. So you have a cinder block feet quarterback, a mediocre O-line, which means you need a quarterback who can move his feet and create plays. And we did none of that. And we're dependent on Davis Webb. His, he's, even his name sounds like a backup. <laughs> Davis Webb. That is a backup. He plays like a backup. Get him out of here. Facts. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough times if, if something happens to Eli. It's, it's uh, ooh. Yo, I'm salty, bro. I'm big be. salty. Like, I'm really salty about this. Um, sh- Moving on. Drew Brees, my all-time favorite quarterback. He, you know, I saw that that beak-faced, pencil-neck geek from Kansas say oh. that if Drew Brees wins another Super Bowl... He is in the GOAT conversation. Get the fluff out of here. <laughs> okay, so uh, you don't have to spend too much time on that. You disagree. You know oh, what? No doubt about it. I'm going to be Drew Brees fan and say, you know what? Two Super Bowl rings with the touchdowns and the yards and one of the best offenses year in and year out. You, you might have to make some room at the table for Drew Brees. <laughs> I'm just saying. All time? All time, like the goat. Two rings. <sighs> he he might end his career as an all-time yards leader. He's gonna be like top five in touchdowns. Two rings. I don't know, Jo. You, you might oh, have to. Can he sit on. at the table? Can he sit next to Brady and Joe Montana? Can he sit next to them at least? 
I'm gonna ask you this. Okay, here we ah, go. Another okay. guy with two rings. Uh huh. I think he got two rings. I'm not. Um, he may have one. Right. Maybe two. Would, if you got them side by side, would you take Drew Brees or Steve Young? Ooh, Drew. Ooh, Steve Young got one ring. Okay, he got one. Okay, okay. Let's switch it. Would you take Trey Aikman? Taking, I'm taking Drew Brees. Aikman, one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time. Mm, I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I'm just saying, like, it's some it's some guys out there that we kind of we kind of forget about. Like even Dan Marino, he got no rings. Would you take Dan Marino or would you take Drew Brees? Oh, that's my other all-time favorite QB. That's not a fair question. Look, <laughs> that's not fair. Um, you know what? Yes, I think it's time for us to put some respect on Drew Brees. Absolutely. He can sit at the table with the rest of them. Period. Ah, I mean that take. Nah, he can sit at the table, but he might not get a plate. Nah, he getting a plate, bro. Nah, he might not get a plate. He might not get his choice piece of chicken. He might like dark meat, but he might get a breast. But he can get some food, bro. Nah, I mean you got you get. Let's let's let we can go five real quick. That's better than him right now. We can Brady. Okay. We gonna go Montana. Okay. We gonna go Marino. Okay. We we gonna go. Did I say Peyton? Nope, you didn't. Okay, Peyton Manning. Uh-huh. We can go Rodgers. You putting... Yeah, yeah. A, but you know what? A-Rod, he, he, he has all the tools. He might be physically a better quarterback than Drew Brees, but is he greater in the overall scope with two rings and all, all the accolades, Super Bowl MVPs, etc.? I think Drew Brees can sit at that table and he'll be comfortable there. Oh man, we got some. You we know, got yeah. some older, some older cats too that we like. I mean, Terry Bradshaw. I'm not. I'm not rocking with that. Nah. He's, he he gonna try to sit down. I'm gonna pull his chair out and make him fall on his ass. <laughs> but but I mean, it's it's some guys. I mean, Drew Brees probably in that seven to ten range. So, yeah, about seven. Right, you know what? I like the fact that we're disagreeing because you know that sometimes you have guys who don't like when you do a podcast and you agree all the time. So I'm glad that we can disagree on this Drew Brees topic. Listeners, hit me up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however this this episode reaches you via text. You know, holla at me. Let me know. Can Drew Brees sit at the goat table or not? Elite Sports New York listeners, let me know. iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk, let me know. One more question before we shift gears. Tailgate for a game or a house party for a game, J.O.? What's good? Now, with this house party, is it at my house? Your house, anybody's house, wherever the party's at. If, it, if it's supposed to be at my house, then we tailgate because I okay. ain't cleaning up after nobody. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, the, tail, the tailgate thing is cool. I mean, it's, it, both of them both of them have their benefits. They got their pros and cons. I mean, trying to, you know, you tailgate. By the time the game starts, you slapped. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are slapped. And uh, if you, uh, I'm sure you've been to football games. Trying to get to them bathrooms could be difficult. The you lines know, are amazing. Like, yeah, so you trying to get down them steps, trying to get to the bathroom. I'm at the crib, bro. I got NFL Sunday ticket, so I'm at the crib. I'll go to somebody else's crib for it. I, I mean, that DUI ain't worth it. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm more of the house party. I kind of like being comfortable, cozy on the couch, not worried about lines with some good eats 
and a, a few bottles of whatever your choice of liquor is. I kind of like the coziness of watching the game on the flat screen and just kicking your feet up. And if I decide if the Giants make a bonehead play in the fourth quarter, if I want to get emotional, I don't have to worry about 20,000 people looking at me like I'm tripping. I can wild out, throw my remote control, then get up and go pick it up after I throw it and sit back down and not have to worry about the judgment, you know? So I'm more of a house party kind of guy. I, I, I like the friendly confines of the crib, you know, and with Uber now, you know, I don't have to worry about getting a DUI. I can just get, get driven home. Well, yeah, exactly. Now, and, I mean, if you sit there watching the game with your with your Corona premiums, mm-hmm. Corona, <laughs> them, them Corona premiums you was roasting me for, <laughs> them, them, them ninety calorie joints. <laughs> Sitting there with the Michelob Ultras with, Di- with the 50 Diet calories. Corona with a Diet Coke next to him, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, trying to keep the physique. I hear you. Yeah. I ain't mad at you. Five foot ten power forwards. You got to stay fit. For sure, for sure. But um, we got to get a little serious now. Uh oh. Protests. Just how tired are we? I want you to be as honest as possible. Protests. How tired are we of all of this non-football-related, race-related protesting happening in and around the league? Be honest. All right, so it's it's gonna have a little backstory to mm-hmm. it, and 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 not a few people who know me know this story. One of my best friends growing up, he was the other corner on my high school football team. Okay, probably arguably the best cornerback I've ever seen with my own eyes. Um, he went to the military. Served in Iraq, mm-hmm. did his thing, you know, talked to him all the time. You know, he went to Hawaii. Everything seemed a little bit off. He, um, you know, witnessed his RV. His RV got blown up, had a little nerve damage in his leg. Ouch. But when he got home, you know, he, he went to a couple of the, you know, with the PTSD, he went to a couple of meetings, got his counseling done. And then all of a sudden, they stopped it. They stopped, they stopped paying for his sessions. So my boy... Ended up trying to get the money to pay for his sessions to get the help. He ended up uh, robbing a liquor store. Mm-hmm. Now, now he's out here in in the box for 13 years, all because he um, needed help. Right. So when I told people, man, when they come out with the protesters and they talk about how they disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the military, mm-hmm. I let them know, like one, one of my best friends. Is in the box because he served for our country, and we kind of sh- they, they they shitted on him when he got home. So, so for people for, for people who sit here and say like the, those people who protest mm-hmm. are disrespecting the flag, like come on man, we and I seen this on Twitter. It was another guy who said the same thing. We sit out here and we walk past these vets with their signs up right. and say need money, need these things. We we walk right past them and be like, man, they just begging. We don't drop that dollar. We don't take them and get something to eat. We don't, we don't, you know, help pay for their things like, like, like those classes. So for us to sit here and be like, oh, because this player is taking a knee for something that's important. Nah, miss me with all that. I know you now, can't hear it, but I'm definitely applauding you right now because this is the whole thing about it. To my own question, I'm tired of it. And it's not because I'm not pro-black. I'm 100% pro-black. Let's let's get that out in the open for people who like to parse words and, and try to tell you what you're saying, but you know what you're saying. I am pro-black. But what I'm, I'm tired of is the fact that this whole thing about the protesting is, 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 a, is a loaded discussion 
that they're trying to simplify into police brutality. We, we, we're tired of black people being marginalized and minimized in America. So we're going to take a knee. And then another segment saying, what about the troops? When yeah. to your story, what about the troops? There's a lot of troops out here who are hurting. A lot of troops go out there. The they insurance, like you said, the insurance doesn't cover anything anymore. And you're on your own. A lot of a lot of vets are in the street begging when they put their life on the line for this country. And the same people who are keyboard warriors, what about the troops? Stop kneeling before the national anthem, right? Posting Facebook and Instagram videos. But those same people will walk by that veteran. Call him a bum even. You know, I'm tired of people using football in particular as as the as the battleground for a race discussion in America. Like I've always said, like until you're willing to accept the obvious and to discuss the obvious when it comes to the schism of blacks, whites, browns, Asians, etc. in America, until you're willing to face that obvious, don't talk about it, you know? And that's and that, and that is the biggest issue in this country, in my opinion. People are afraid of the obvious. They don't want to talk about it. They run from it, you know. And they yep. use other things as buffers to say how they really feel, you know. Like again, people will cheer for players who assault their girlfriends, but lose their minds when a guy says that race relations in the country are no good. So I'm taking his knee right here. He can't play. Keep him out the league. But if I choke my choke slam my girlfriend on a bed of guns, you know what? Everyone deserves a second chance. Come on, Facts. son, get up out of here. And and that's that's a, that's part of it. Now, for me personally, I can't speak for all black people. I can speak for myself. Right. The national anthem really has no effect on me on me at all. Mm-hmm. Like growing up, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I, it was just a song that we sung in school. That was it. I mean, it's like, why are we doing this? It, it meant nothing to me. Can I and piggyback I feel, your point real quick? Just just, just yeah, to emphasize definitely. what you're saying. Most of the people who are mad about this instance weren't even checking for the anthem until Kaepernick took the knee, bro. This is, that's the funniest part. I love your point because no one was checking for the anthem. We know it, but we weren't checking for it. Yeah, and, and it, what's crazy is, and, and for, you, for you personally, I know it's going to be different because you're in New York. A lot of people didn't become so patriotic until 9-11. Boy, that's a whole other topic for another day, but you are 100% right. Certain instances raise your patriotism to a level you didn't even know it could reach. That is 100% facts. So it's just tricky. I just feel as though if if you're going to be a racist, right? Let's just put it on the table, J.O. If you're going to be a racist, be a racist. Don't don't use bogus arguments to shield it. To the players, at this point, play the game. Act, you know what? Leave the football field out of it. The same way you guys are activating outside, you've made your point. Continue to activate. Spread that activity beyond minimal scopes. But at the same time, I'm, I'm going to call issue with the players, right? I know where you're going with this. When, when Riley Cooper was out here talking about, I'm going to kill all these niggers. Riley Cooper was right on that field, bro. And black players stood right next to him. They didn't activate against Riley Cooper. And now you're acting, you're not act, you didn't act, you're not, excuse me, you're not activating for Colin Kaepernick either. So really, what is what is it about? Is it is it about an opportunity? Is it are you really down for the cause? A white player could call a group of black people 
I'll, I'll deal with you niggers. And he can play. Black quarterback takes a knee about race relations. He can't play. Come on, son. It's a, it's a lot of things about this, this issue in America. To, like I said at the top of this, it's too complicated to minimize and marginalize into one situation of knee protests. He can't play. Blah, 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 blah. Troops. Let's let's knock it off. Stop insulting the people, is my opinion. I'm tired of these protests. That's it. <laughs> Bro, you hit the nail right on the head. I'm, I'm tired of it, too, man. You know? And, I, and, I, and it's just, it's it's an, ex- the protests have become a scapegoat for racism. Absolutely. Pretty much. That's, Absolutely. That's pretty much what it's Facts. become. And like I tell people all the time, man, like people like, oh, well, why aren't players out there doing more? Like, oh, what more could they do? Or or why, why was Colin Kaepernick taking a knee? Bro, he don't need to come out and talk. Just turn on the news. That's it's it. there. It's there, but, bro. People still out here getting killed. But this is what I'm saying, Jo. Until people are willing to face and accept the obvious, you know, we ain't getting nowhere. Accept it, face it, and this, then we can move forward. Why? Why does? Why does? Why does Kaepernick need to speak? We know what's up. <laughs> we know what's up. Okay. We all, we all got Twitter. We all got. The little apps on our phone with CNN or MSNBC, right. whatever the case, it tells you all the time to like, me what's going on. If you want Kaepernick to say something now, you the person that that when someone says something to you, you heard what they said, but then you say, "Huh?" Anyway, just to make them repeat themselves, even though you heard them the first time, Let's knock it off. Come on, son. You know, everybody wants these players to be role models when they make millions and millions of dollars, but when they do something, oh no, no, forget no, no, about no, you it. Can't do that. Yeah, like, let's talk about that. it. Riley Cooper could play, but Kaepernick can't play. What's really wrong here? Anyway, moving on. What about the fake protesting fans who are just down for the cause? I referenced them earlier, the keyboard warriors who told you they not watching, but then every Monday they're telling you everything that happened on Sunday. They, they, oh, I watch the highlights. I don't watch the game, but I watch the highlights. I have an issue with them. How do you feel about that? I don't know too many people. I got one homie for sure mm-hmm. that I know he does not watch the game. He ain't even watched the Super Bowl. Bro. Like, everybody watches the Super Bowl. He didn't even watch the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it, it's, I'm sure it's people out there like that. I mean, it, it goes into, like, you don't watch the games, but you check your fantasy football. Right. Like, you can do all that. You know what's going on. You know this big hit that you may have seen this clip on YouTube or whatever the case may be. Stop, man. Stop. You can't fake the funk. It's a lot of funk faking out here, and, and, and I'm tired of it. I've, I've come across a lot of people, bro, who was all on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in person. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I, I, until Kaepernick comes back, I'm not watching the game. But they are fully in tune with what's going on with their team. But I thought you wasn't watching. Hey, you know? And I bet, I bet those were the same people that said if Trump get elected, they're going to Canada. Oh, fact. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. If you're going to do something or you about something, do something or remain what you about. Just don't be in the mix regurgitating and piggybacking on other people's opinions because you just want to be a part of it. Like th- like this whole situation in the past three years has really like enlightened me, bro, to, to, to the groupthink of this country and how people just want to be a part of stuff and they'll say anything or do anything just to be in the mix and it's it's pretty sad because we got we got real issues out here and we need real people to do real things you know words are big real people do real things i ain't trying to curse y'all know what i'm saying so i'm just ready you know the the whole gist of this segment 
the, the, the protest segment of this episode is just to say that everyone who's activating whatever side you want, activate. Continue to do so. But let's leave football out of it. Into the politics aspect. Segway. I've been working on my Segway game, Jay. I'm getting nice out here. I see you. You got me. You got me ready. I'm ready. I'm running with you. Let's go. Why do you think of all the sports that the NFL is the most susceptible to these political issues as opposed to, let's say, NBA, NHL, you know, soccer? You don't hear these things happening in any other league but the NFL. I'm not saying that you are right or wrong, but like, based on things that you read, you studied, like. In your opinion, why is it the NFL is the most susceptible to this? NFL is the closest thing to real life. Oh. Real life, you like. got you got hardworking black men, but the white guys the highest paid player. Ooh. Like if you look at if you look at the NFL, I, I think I just researched it the other day. Um, got the script said, I think what is it? Fourteen of the top eighteen players, the highest paid players are all white quarterbacks. So you want you want your players. To, to be one way and, and, and be be this, but your your main guys, your your biggest stars aren't your highest paid players. So it's like that's the closest thing to real life. And if you look at basketball, if you look at the NBA, the highest paid players are, is the guy who putting schools together, mm. doing things. Baseball is is pretty much now that's like it, it's, it's no longer, and I hate to say it like this, it's no longer the white man's game. True. Now you got my man Cespedes and you got all of the Latin players coming over doing yeah, they definitely thing. control baseball. Yeah, hockey, that's a Canadian thing. They can care less about what's going on here. Mm. Soccer is international. So the only thing that, and, I, and like I said, I hate to say it like this, the only thing that most white people have to hold on to in the sports world is football. Mm. Boy, oh boy. You know what? That might... The fact that you're saying that might upset a few people, but you know what? It's a whole lot of facts. Because when you think about it, what you said there, NFL being basically a microcosm of Americana in and of itself, is so true. The power structure of the league, you, you have your lower class players who, who barely make the cut. Football has the biggest roster too, so there's more opportunities for people off the street who can play the game to have the opportunity, and they'll live in like the low rent houses, the low income houses, etc. And at the top of the food chain is the quarterback who's generally white, who makes the most bread, you know? E even some of these quarterbacks, like Alex Smith, he's good, but think about the money Alex Smith is making in comparison to his overall impact throughout his career. It's a little ridiculous. But then let's say the black player, Odell Beckham, says, I want to be the, the highest paid player in the league. People scoff at it. Like, why, why would a wide receiver want to be the highest paid? Let's give this quarterback all his money. Sometimes the wide receiver makes the quarterback. Am I right, JL? Am I, am I off base? Definitely. And then you get, you get, the, you get the Uncle Toms on, on the big networks. Uh -huh. Damian Woody. I'm calling your name, Jason uh, <laughs> I'm calling your name. Odell wants to get paid, but y'all want to talk about what he does, his antics. His antics. But if somebody else does it, normally a white quarterback, he's fiery. He's passionate about mm. winning. He's this, he's that. He's so great. And that's why, that's one thing I hate about football. And I always use this for an example, bro. Super Bowl. Watch it up and down, bro. I watched the whole game. Didn't skip a beat. I might have wore a pamphlet. So I ain't <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> but, bro, it's like when Brandon Cooks got hurt, bro, 
Brandon Cooks got the head injury, got knocked out the game. Right. Not one time did they say, oh, man, Brandon Cooks, you know, his family, if you're watching, you know, prayers go to you. If the, the narrative shifted to Tom Brady so great, he can do it with any wide receiver. Julian Edelman's hurt. I think Gronk was just coming back or whatever the case may be. He was hurt. The narrative switched to how great Tom Brady was instead of saying, oh, man, Brandon Cooks, we hope you're we hope you're good. We hope your family, you know, prayers go up to you. Right. It's like, it's like, damn, like, we give this guy so much praise, but this player who just got knocked out and later down the road, if he does something or, or hit, you know, with the CTE situation, mm-hmm. we will go straight to that. Blaming that. It's like, <laughs> damn, can, can my man, can my man get some prayers? And then you go even higher. Then, then, then that position, great points made by you. The front offices are like the, are like the big businesses, the billion dollar industries in real life. The front offices, they're not littered with many of us. It's a lot of them, you know, to, to use a spades terminology, you know, and it's hard to break in. And when you do break in, you got to you gotta cut corners. You got to do things that you might not necessarily want to do to break into those big time tech companies, a.k.a. NFL front offices, the good old boys club. You know, look around. I don't think there's any black owner, you know, there's not many black GMs. There's not many black coaches. And if they are, they in basketball, they're minority Right, <laughs> minority owners. He only owns five percent of the team, and they try to minimize that. You know, like yeah. like that's a bad thing. He still owns a piece, bro. But really, at this it, when it, when it's all said and done, it is the most watched sport. It draws the most amount of people. Although it had a ten percent drop in ratings, but at the end, even even with that ten percent drop, it still laps everyone else. So I guess when you when you consider all of these things, that all the points that you made. Then you factor in the amount of people that draws it in every week. I think like Sunday Night Football gets like 25 million viewers. The Super Bowl is over 100 million people. You're getting everyone in the mix, and it's bound to be some fireworks. So, you know, officially I would say, you know, even though they say that baseball is America's game, America's sport, it's football. It's it's America's sport. And being that America is still very volatile, there's no way, I guess, to escape the issues that follows it these days, including these protests that I don't want any more of. What about Roger Goodell, man? How much is he at fault for, for where, where the league has gone as far as a negative pub, the protesting, the, 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 the poor player discipline issues and how they hands out suspensions and things of that nature? How much how much blame are we putting on Goodell for this? Hey, I want, if Roger Goodell, if you ever happen to listen to this, I want to welcome you to being a black man. Ah. Because... No matter what you do, bro, you can't win. You can't win. You, 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 you do this, you piss off the owners. You do this, you piss off the players. So it's like no matter what you do, you cannot win. Uh, and but people, like people think that like Roger Goodell like founded the NFL. <laughs> like like he inherited a lot of this. Like what about Paul Tagliabue? What about all these other guys? Like when Junior Seau was playing. And other guys were playing that had the CTE. The, mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. his name? The, the, the Roger Craig's. The, yep. the, dude, the buddy from the Cowboys. Uh, Tony Dorsett. You could name like, hundreds of players. <laughs> it's like Roger Goodell, man. I feel bad for him sometimes, bro. It's like, it's like no matter what he does, bro, it's like it's, it's just bad. Everything turns to, to SHIT. You know what? And thing is, he'll, he'll be remembered for the, as, the, as the commissioner who was there for the biggest boom period this sport has ever had. Followed directly by the biggest negative period this sport has ever had. Considering, as you mentioned, the CTE concerns and all the political and racial fireworks that goes on every day, 
day in and day out. I feel for Goodell. You know what? I didn't even think of it that way. I was ready to just come in and blame him. Like, you know what? You should have done better, Roger. But you know what? You're absolutely right. Football has been in a position where it was always going to come to this. It could have been me or you as a commission. It was always going to get here, you know? My bad, Roger. I take it back. It's not your fault. You you just happen to be the per, the wrong person at the right time. It is what scapegoat. it is. <laughs> scapegoat. Good old scapegoat. Safety concerns. I believe that with all the politicizing of the NFL and the fact that the sport has gotten so big, you know, so many eyes are on it week in and week out, and then all these parents watching it with their kids, I believe that now safety has become a political vehicle as well for the sport. I'm on record as saying there is no really safe way to play high-level contact football. So how, how are we going to get around this in your opinion? You seem to have a lot of insight when it comes to football. Is there a safe way to play this game, or is it just another jargon, another cliche for people to throw around? Football's been unsafe on so many levels for so long, bro. Right. Not even just, it's not the helmets. It's not the, the barbaric, macho, bravado thing. Mm-hmm. It goes even from tackling, bro. It's people who, like me growing up, nobody showed me how to tackle. Like, it's just me and my homies get out there. We play uh, 500. We throw the ball up. You got to tackle everybody. Catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And you got 500 points. You, know, you never really learn how to tackle. So, I mean, as far as, like, trying to clean it up, it, it's, it's, it's really no way. I mean, you can add more padding or equipment. Then everybody talks about how boring the game is. It, it, it's, it's no no legit way that you can do it unless you just go to flag football. You know what? You are absolutely right about that. And it's like the irony is the, the richest position in that sport is the most protected position. You can't even breathe on these quarterbacks now. But everyone else is still open season. And then it's like you asking certain players in open field, bang, bang plays to do things that are not human. You're saying to keep your head up while trying to make a big tackle. But it's like, naturally speaking, when a, when a guy's flying at you 25 miles per hour and you're a safety, you're trying to clean that wide receiver. It's hard for you to not put your head down. Even if you're tucking your shoulders to, to leave with your shoulders, your head is going to dip a little bit anyway. So it's like, what exactly are you asking these players to do? And what people don't understand is when you get your driver's license, you have you have to, well, I don't know how it is there, but in Indiana, you have to factor in like how, how the stopping distance for a truck mm-hmm. holding this certain amount of weight. Can you imagine being a 250-pound linebacker with an additional 20, well, 10 to 20 pounds of padding Bro. trying to stop to correct how you about to hit this running back? And keep in mind, this running back, like like you were saying about Saquon Barkley, this running running back is the worst position, bro. You oh, get the yeah. ball 20, 30 times a game. That's 20. I mean, you may score two touchdowns or one or two touchdowns. That's still 25, 27 to 29 hits that you're still taking. By multiple bodies. Yes. Including yes. safeties who are 10 yards out, who are flying in to take you out. And the linebackers, who you could, who you could argue that outside of the D tackles, linebackers are some of the strongest guys on the football field. And when you, oh, fact, yeah, sure. when you factor in the speed that they're coming at you with on top of that power, it sucks being a running back. It really does. And then, on, and then the NFL economy, it, the, the, the players who get it the worst are the running backs because they never get the big payday. They, ne- they never get their love and the adulation because by the time they're up for their big contract, they've taken so many hits that the, the team now doesn't want to risk paying you for five years at like $70 million. 
So you stuck Bro. with the franchise tag getting, what, $10, $12 million? When you worth about $8 million more than that $10 to $12 million. Yeah, and what's crazy is, and that's why I say, if I ever have a son, I'm blessed with a daughter. Mm -hmm. But if I ever have a son, he will not play football. I played it. It took a toll on my body. But at the same time, we texted about this not too long ago, bro. Like, you can go out and get those Air LeBron. You can go get those LeBron soldiers, yep. 12s. You can go get those Kobe's. You can't go get the Le'Veon Bells. Hell no. You can't go get the Todd girls. What the hell you look like in the club with some with some cleats on? <laughs> you <laughs> in the club with some cleats Like what, what's going on They like, not even players? offered the opportunity To get kicks But then a guy like Victor Cruz Who I love Couple of good years Nike gave him his own, his own sneaker Zeke Elliott was a beast Walking in the door As a running back Nobody's giving him his own kicks yet What's, what's up with nope. that? Nope And then you come in You get five years 95 million Oh but we only gonna guarantee 42 million of that the rest of this is incentives where you got to catch 115 passes, <laughs> 10 touchdowns. You got to you gotta do this. 2,000 yards. <laughs> yeah, you if you get a – and this is what um, Rokon Smith for the Bears, he was dealing with. If he gets ejected from a game for a, a targeting or whatever the case may be, they can take back some of his signing bonus money. That's crazy. That's like, crazy. You, yeah, bro. They like, barely giving you any money and they want to take some money back? Come on now. It's a dirty game out there. So like I said, if I ever have a son, nah, he won't play it. And then, He'll be out there kicking a soccer ball. On top of that, to these guys who are pros right now, you're asking them to change the way they hit, which means that you, you want them to change upwards of 10 to 15 years of programming. You've been trained virtually all your life, in some respects, to play football one way. So now when you get to the pro level, you just have to now change. A lot of it is reactionary. A lot of it is reflexes. Now you want him to keep his head up when he's been trained to do one thing his whole life? How go, why is this logic not taken into play when it comes to how the game is governed and how the game is played? Yeah, and that big hit in light, that big hit in safety and that big hit in linebacker, mm -hmm. that big hit is taking a toll on their body as well. Yes, yes. It's, it's like sometimes they try to let up to not hurt themselves, not just hurt the player. You Man, see what happened to NFL, Cam Chancellor? Yeah, NFL players, it's still a brotherhood, man. NFL, they don't want to go out and hurt each other. But for Adam in the 17th row and Steve in the 12th row, mm -hmm. for them to cheer and, and go out and get their jerseys, they got to go out and be barbaric and, and try to hurt them, MF. I can't curse. I'm trying to work on that. I'm, I'm But proud they, they got to go out and do that thing. <laughs> hey, I just feel as though the whole gist of this episode, parties, protests, and politics is that I want fans with this season and going forward to have a more realistic view of football at every level, on field and off field. That's it. You know, the safety, the politics, your favorite players, be realistic. I'm not saying I'd be a super fan, but don't, don't be irrational. To me, there's too much irrational activities and behaviors and beliefs surrounding the sport. And it's, and it's become something beyond what we knew and loved growing up as kids. And I believe that I'd like the fans to start with them to be a little more rational. And then for the rest of the league, the coaches, the players, the front office people, find a gray area. You see what I did there? And, and make this that. sport what we know and love it to be. That's it. No doubt. No doubt. And that's why I tell people, man, all the time, sit down, man, get some understanding. 
find somebody who might be a little bit different than you and get some understanding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because the more understanding you get, the more understanding, you know, for the world, bro. And, and I tell people this all the time, man, especially with, with the social issues and things that's going on. Everybody wants to be black until it's time to be black. Oh, oh, facts. facts. <laughs> Listen, we're going to stop right here. That was a great point. To leave this off on. But before you go, I need you to do one thing for me. Identify yourself Sir. to the world. Identify yourself. Let the people know where they can find you on social media, what you got going on as far as the podcast, and anything else you got moving right now. Man, you can find me on Twitter at O-D-E-N-2218. Don't send me no hate mail or try trolling me, please. I'm not <laughs> for it. After y'all listen to this. Uh, you, can, you can find me on Instagram, even though I'm not really on there like that. J period O D E N two two one eight. You can find the show on Apple, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. The website is ciwwpodcast.com. It's Call It What You Want podcast. Yes, sir. Um, right now, man, just just getting back in the swing of things, man. Has some things going on with birthdays and opening up a business and doing other things. So you know, time is. Tom has been uh, uh, had to step away from the podcasting for a little bit, but he's got my moving, boy Dono. He's moving. Yeah, yeah, got my boy Dono um, coming through, dropping beats and stuff like that, uh, helping the show out. So we about to do do major things, man. And I definitely want to say thank you to you. I always tell people, man, the best thing about being a podcast man and helping your podcast grow is the community. Yes, sir. Without without community, you ain't nothing. I mean, you, 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 iron sharpens iron. So I want to thank you, just. Uh, a bunch of other people, man, who help the, help the podcast grow, man. And definitely big fans of you and everyone else that's doing this. I appreciate that, man. Yo, J.O. will do this again real soon. You're going to be back on during the season as we, you know, take in what we see and, and start really talking football. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think that the NFL and football in general, with the exception of like high-level college football, you really can't predict much. It's the most unpredictable sport. So when I see people saying this is going to happen and that's going to happen, I peep you say something on Twitter about check me back around week 10. And I love that because you get it. Football yeah. has so many moving parts that you can't just say, well, this team is going to be good or that guy's going to be good. Injuries happen. Surprise teams happen every year. And when, when, that, when that thing around week 10-ish... You'll be back on and we'll chop it up and trade notes at that point. But I wanted to say one more time, I appreciate you for having you on, man. Oh, man, appreciate you for being the person that you are, bro. It's all peace and love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of The Gray Area that you can find on Elite Sports New York, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and Stitcher. And as the saying goes, Whether you like it or don't like it, down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.